This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by our seven-day kickstart meal plan, an easy-to-follow seven-day kickstart plan built around the seven healthiest foods you can eat every single day. With recipes, grocery lists, and a meal-by-meal plan, you can kickstart your journey to the healthiest, most energetic version of you. Learn more at nomadathlete.com slash kickstart dash plan. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomad Athlete Radio. Matt, yesterday I was in the car with my wife and our eight-month-old Eliza, you might be able to hear it, <laughs> good timing there, um, and uh, actually I was, I was on the phone with you, I had given you a call because we had a quick meeting that we needed to take care of uh, on the drive back from the beach, I had spent several days with some family vacationing in Fripp Island, South Carolina, which was awesome, and I reached back to grab my notepad to take down some notes of what we were discussing, and sitting on top of the notepad was a t- like a bright blue lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like on the phone with you. Katie's uh, trying to figure out where to go because we're about to pull off. And Eliza's just like kind of making noises in the background. And I'm like, do I freak out because there's a lizard on my notepad right now? <laughs> and we're inside a car? Or what do I do? <laughs> I end up getting off the phone with you. And we spent like, I don't know, we, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes trying to get that lizard out and we kept finding it but then it would just scurry into some other place and could not get it so i think it's still in the car somewhere either that or like in a bag that's now in my house oh not my sure <laughs> but I, you know i didn't want it to like roast in the car and I right, also, I also, right you know didn't want it to like crawl over eliza you know <laughs> it's kind of this weird thing also you know i mean i don't know can we introduce uh lizards to the mountains up up here is, am i going to start some sort of you know, terrible lizard i mean I don't know. You can put out a little warming rock. I think it's all lizard needs to be happy, right? A little rock to lay on. <laughs> yeah, but what if it like breeds with something and trains? No, you know what? Like... Those uh, it's it is true that as soon as you, for some reason, as soon as you cross the border from North Carolina into South Carolina, it becomes like lizard country. Like they're just in South Carolina. But I have seen them in Asheville. Those blue ones. Oh, you they're have. Not, yes, they're not unheard of here. Okay, that's. Uh, now, I don't know. Maybe it's a different species or something. But I've seen those bright blue lizards uh, every now and then. I'll see one in Nashville on in like a hot day on summer. I bet it was somebody who was coming back from the beach, and they just hopped on board. <laughs> <They> come back. <laughs> maybe that's how it got there. You never know. Yeah, that's that is uh, that is funny. I, I I always like seeing those lizards. They just seem like such an exotic creature. And they are. They're cool. And I mean, you know, and it's not like a. It's they're not gross. I don't think so. It didn't. I don't know. It was just kind of funny. I didn't. I didn't really want the lizard in my car. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a similar lizard story um, oh. from when I was in. Uh, we go to Mexico as a kid with my grandparents in their motorhome, uh-huh. and uh, we like some all these iguanas, the big big things. They, I don't know, three four feet long. Once you include their tail, um, they would like just find, they'd be all around. And my grandmother was sort of a feisty old lady, and she captured them. She knew how to capture them. This is long before <laughs> we were vegan or anything like that. <laughs> But she got them, and like we had them as like halfway pets while they were while we were in Mexico and in the motorhome. And then one of them got lost, and we didn't. No one knew where it was. And then like on the way home from Mexico, uh, it, we found it. It was in the bathroom of the of the motorhome. This giant iguana. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I have no idea what happened to that poor iguana. Who knows? But uh, I would never do that now, obviously. But um, apparently, like they can be dangerous. Like lizards can can bite. Did you know that? I'm sure it's not all lizards, but um, I just was reading somewhere recently about about how important it is for these these people in islands like to have a, a 
lizard person who knows how to handle the lizards because they can they can really bite you if they if they you you startle them. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just certain types of lizards, but I just wondered then could that iguana have have bitten us when it was living with us in the motorhome? <laughs> I bet it could have. You know, I wouldn't want to be bitten by an iguana, especially a three foot iguana, or even a little like part of the problem with cap- capturing that lizard was I you know I didn't want to squish it obviously. But I right. didn't, also didn't want to like grab it with my bare hand because I thought it would bite me, and I, you know, yeah, it seems like it. So uh, <laughs> I was trying to use a cup, <laughs> that it just failed miserably. It was it was way too way too fast for me. You should have put some crickets out or something, some bait, and then... <laughs> right? Because I, I I always have crickets on hand. <laughs> right. Right. Good. All right. Well, good lizard story, Doug, to kick us off. And uh, what else do we have? Any 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 more weekend updates before we jump into today's topic, which is a little bit different, a little bit fun? Well, I think I'd be letting you down as a friend and as a podcast host, co-host, if uh, if I didn't live up to my promise and ask about how that hundred mile training was coming. Oh, my ultra marathon. <laughs> yeah, your your dedication to the Keys hundred. <laughs> have you have you registered yet? I've not registered yet. I have still been running. I have still not made it out of my neighborhood. Uh, to any sort of long distance running, but I have done nice amount of hill workouts, and I'm starting to feel like I'm in shape again, and I'm eating really healthily. So Great. you never know; might might just be poised for a comeback. There you go. Wait, I don't know. All right. Well, I'm just gonna keep on asking until. Although I did tell, I told two people about it, and each had something negative to say about it. Uh, who knew the one, race? Well, who knew? I just explained to them what it was oh. and sent them the website. And one said, "That looks terrible. I hate the sun. It looks like you'd just be baking in the sun the whole time." <laughs> And the other person said, man, with all that flat ground, like how would you train for that in Nashville when you have so many hills and there's no way to do a long run without a bunch of hills on it? Um, it seems like maybe that flat would really get to you after a while. So that is that is now an added challenge. So two negative uh, bits of feedback on, on the idea so far. I think that the sun will be an issue, but you can handle it, especially because bad water is your dream race, and this is a good warm-up to that. And two, uh, the flat. I don't. We got flat. We, we have long flat stretches. You can run uh, down by the river or things like that. Get your long runs in there. So okay, yeah, I guess maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, neither one, neither one was a was a deal breaker by any means. I I knew both of those things already, but uh, we'll see. We will we will see. Don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Something big. I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so anyway, um, we are talking today, Doug, about something a little bit different, a topic we haven't really gone into before, and that uh, is a topic that was your idea. I'll give you the credit for that. Uh, and that is whether these documentaries that seem to capture so much attention, these vegan documentaries, if they are good for this movement or bad for it. Um, we've talked a good bit about, I don't know, like like whether it's, it's a – I think a lot of people just assume – and maybe maybe I'm not giving people enough credit here, but I think a lot of people who go vegan uh, kind of assume that like the louder they can yell this message, the better, right? Would you would you agree with that? A lot of people. I wouldn't say everybody. Yeah, course. not everyone. Yeah. And and of course it it you know that I get that idea. I think because those are the ones who you hear, right? You don't you don't hear and see the ones who kind of do it in a more quiet elegant manner perhaps you hear the vocal ones uh you see the the protesters so that of course is what people i think people who who aren't part of this uh they kind of get that that uh 
you know that that's their perception is that it's that vegans are people who are loud and noisy and want to want to get you to change and change everybody and you know militant types so yeah well i mean you know the most over overused joke about veganism is the how do you know if a vegan comes to the party right although you know what i heard that joke uh someone who does crossfit told me that joke about crossfit people they didn't know that it was a a vegan thing oh really yeah which i think was progress it was like <laughs> it's not just us anymore now everybody who, who talks relentlessly about their their thing uh you know is is getting a getting that 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 reputation <laughs> i guess that's good they can take, they can take they can have that joke i'm, I'm fine with that <laughs> yeah, right. Right, exactly um so anyway this i think this was sort of prompted by the what the health drama that that has been all over the internet in the past i guess month or so um it's funny that neither you or i have seen this movie yet doug right that's that's right yeah i feel kind of weird actually having this conversation having not seen that movie just because it is the one that everyone is talking about right now Um, yeah but i think it's okay because i don't think we want this to be about what the health and whether what the health is good i think we want it to be more general about just this whole notion of of making a, a you know big kind of gotcha journalism documentary and and is that a good thing for this movement or not and then there are several of those it's not just what the health um and they're not all gotcha journalism either they're they're uh <laughs> I, i'm just chuckling because that's in uh, parks and recreation they do some gotcha journalism jokes which, <laughs> which i enjoy um <laughs> so anyway uh i guess the the bit of background that i know about what the health is that it came out um, got on Netflix, which was, you know, that's that's a, the first sign of success for a lot of documentaries. Um, and then this guy, Z Dog MD. Have you heard of that name, Doug? Not until this whole, not until this whole thing with what the hell. Not Z Dog MD, but Z Dog MD. <laughs> Had you heard <laughs> of Z Dog? We have another segment brewing, Doug. <laughs> Z Dog MD segment at the end. <laughs> uh, no, I had never heard of him. I only heard of him. See, this is this is part of, I guess, what we're getting at. I had only heard of him because vegans shared his his scathing, joking review of the movie. Right. Right. Which is like, I I don't know. I actually I don't know what point that really makes, but it's I find it interesting that like, I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> it's not his review that has has made people so angry that reaches me it's people's response to it about how how much they hate it and how terrible he is uh that makes me then go and and hear his opinion right like i don't know i think that's sort of interesting that that we that we do that we promote the people who we don't really whose ideas we don't want to get out <laughs> right they get they get a ton more views and a lot more people aware of what's going on than right. if and you just ignore it exactly and they probably pick up followers and all that stuff and, and I, I don't know if that's good or bad if they come in there with the pre-frame of this person is crazy and totally wrong uh so go check out how how awful their his his thing was um anyway so so z-dog md did this i guess he used to be a i guess he's an md used to work in a hospital or something i i'm, I'm certainly misquoting or mis uh misrepresenting some of the facts here because i don't know them that well but uh, i did read some of the articles and watch some of the stuff um so he did this he, he'd sort of a i think his his shtick is that he's kind of a, a comedian type guy like his his thing is about being funny and you know he he watched the movie and like didn't give it any chance like from from the very beginning was making fun of it 
and he's I don't know if he's a paleo type or what, but he he was like eating beef jerky snacks during the during his screening <laughs> of the film. Um, and like some of his jokes were kind of were kind of funny. I got some good chuckles out of a few of them. Like it was if, if I could put aside the fact that he was bashing the diet, I, I thought it was a little bit funny. I didn't think some of it was funny. Like he at the end he um, makes some reference to Rich Roll because Rich Roll's in the film. And like some reference to him being high or something, it was like it's just totally tasteless if you if you knew any of the background um, with with Rich's story of addiction and all that. So like some of it was not funny at all, but there were parts where like it was you know I kind of got a little chuckle out of different things. Um, so then, but then people hated it, and and rightfully so. There was a lot in there that I think wasn't good. He kind of he kind of like I said he didn't he didn't watch this as as you would hope some a scientist would and say like. I'm going to give this a chance and then I'm going to weigh in and say like what is good about this and what is bad and sort of you know where where does it fall in and how should we how should we I don't know what places this have in in not that it has any place in science it's just a documentary but but like you know where, where what what should we take from this it wasn't that right from the very beginning he was making fun of it and giving it no chance of actually having anything useful to say so that's what people really didn't like about it um and then Joel Kahn did some responses. He's a vegan doctor. He did a bunch of response videos about it. Uh, many, many. Garth Davis did one. Uh, a lot of people who who were who were kind of bashed in the film in some way or or part of the film and and kind of wanted to come to its defense did. So it just was this big dust up around the internet between uh, the vegans and I. I don't know if it was just a general anti-vegan camp or if it was uh, if these guys are are paleos or ketos or what they are. But that's that's the background where this all came from. Was that was that your understanding of it? Doug? Yeah, that's exactly my understanding. And the question is then is is that a good thing for the movement or a bad thing for the movement? And then where you know how these all these other documentaries that we've seen and and have some in some ways shaped our perception of the diet and uh, how we why we feel so strongly about the diet, um, what role they play in this in all of this? Yeah, and I think I think. Although that's the most like visible thing is this controversy around it. Um, I think there's also the the more typical controversy that happens with the film, and that has happened with this one too. Like we I, we both over I don't know if you still do, Doug, but I read this newsletter further, Brian Clark's newsletter that comes around mm-hmm. each week. And um, one week he shared Joel Kahn's uh, post on Medium about about the film. And Joel Kahn's kind of response to Z Dog, he just shared that in his further newsletter, which is a it's widely read, not by a vegan audience, certainly. Uh, and I thought that was cool. The next week he went and shared um one that was, you know, a sort of a, a I think it was called let me find the title of it. The the title was Debunking the Buzzy No, Debunking What the Health, the Buzzy New Documentary That Wants You to Be Vegan from Vox.com. Um, which is fine. And I don't I don't know if if Brian Clark, who was sharing these articles, if he has a has a side in this or not um but he was kind of just sharing the two different sides and i think that's pretty typical right like when forks over knives came out even though maybe it didn't have the the drama around it that this did certainly it was a a, i don't know if it was probably more successful than this i would imagine but um you know that that certainly got its share of thoughtful and non-thoughtful criticism so really more than just the the in-your-face kind of controversy that's happening I think this sort of thing always happens and this this discussion. And if, if a documentary comes out and these documentaries are going to be on one side or the other, they're not typically going to be, um, you know, super scientific accounts where the goal is let's let's really get to the bottom of this answer and say what we what 
you know, the, the very best, most balanced thing we can say to people is it's like, let's make a documentary that's completely on this one side so that people will talk about it. And so that there will be controversy around it and all that stuff. Right. And, and it's, and of course it's going to be the side that the filmmaker believes in as well, because it's, they want to spread that message. So there's always going to be that stuff. There's always going to be the responses. Um, and I think that's, that's, a, that's kind of a, to me, more interesting than the drama question, um, is are are these things good when when they come out and they they do what these documentaries do? Uh, I think I mean for me the answer is yes that they are good. Is that is that yours, Doug? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, uh, <laughs> my one word answer is yes. They are good. <laughs> right. Me too. But I have lots of uh, qualifiers. Sure. Um, well, well uh, I mean, I guess maybe we should start with uh, have have documentaries impacted you and your plant-based journey at all yeah they they definitely have and i and that's kind of the reason i say they're good because i have seen i've just heard of a lot of people uh people with big loud microphones who say that it was a documentary that inspired them or got them going with it Uh, a good example actually is i was just the other day i had heard that the baltimore ravens have a wide receiver his name is griff whalen who is 100 percent vegan so that was cool. I didn't didn't know that there were any current NFL players who were 100%. Apparently, Trent Williams of the Redskins uh, is, but he's not sure how long. And Tom Brady has has sort of flirted with vegan diet, but it, who knows how vegan it is? I don't I don't honestly know the specifics. Um, certainly eats a, a a healthy whole food diet, and if there's any meat or animal products, they're they're relatively few compared to all these vegetables he's eating. Um, so that's that's huge for this movement. But anyway, this this article starts out and says, like many of the people you know who go vegetarian or vegan, Griff Whalen's journey started with a documentary. Mm. And as you know, those dang documentaries that shock, mortify, and guilt you into swearing off all animal products, you've probably been encouraged to watch one. Um, <laughs> the fact that that happens, I mean, I, although there are certainly some some negative things, but the fact that an NFL receiver has chosen this diet um, and, a, and a documentary is what, what made it start happening tells me that this probably happens a lot that these sort of that a documentary reaches someone who is in a position to influence a lot of people. So, um, for that reason, they're good. And that that is to answer your question, Doug. Yes, they they have had um, impacts on me. So I went vegetarian before the Forks Over Knives era, but I was actually encouraged to do so when I watched. Actually, I don't think it was a documentary. It was. Do you remember the book Fast Food Nation? Yeah. So there was a movie that was made about it and i think the movie was called fast food nation but it wasn't a documentary it was like a like a dramatization of the kind of story yeah it was like a story it was like a fictional story i think but it was sort of like here's maybe what a what a typical person might be and it was about these factory worker workers and and they just had some kind of graphic imagery in there and i think when i saw that it was it was one of the it was like at the right time for me and i saw a little bit of this graphic sort of imagery of imagery of I think it was like cow skins being on a conveyor belt after they were removed. Um, and that yes. was like a, that was an image that stuck with me. I was like, wow, I really don't want to eat meat. And I had been thinking about not eating beef anymore. So I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really going to do that. And I don't remember when exactly this came, but it was, this was certainly very close to when I said, I'm not going to do any more pigs and cows. And that was the, that was the first step for me. So impacted me there. And then once I was vegetarian Kind of once I knew I wanted to be vegan, but just didn't know how I would do it, didn't know where I would find the motivation and willpower, because it just seemed like this huge 
thing to try to do to try to become vegan when I was already vegetarian. It seemed like a very hard thing to do. Um, and I knew I wanted to, but I just I just wasn't there. So I watched I intentionally watched Earthlings, which is the documentary uh, that, that is really just about the cruelty to animals and all that goes on when we when we use when we kind of own animals and use them, um, whether as pets or to wear them or to eat them. Uh, just very, very graphic thing. And I've since heard people who have, who have criticized the documentary and said, you know, like that's not really accurate. They kind of just picked the very worst possible things and they kind of portray that as the norm. Um, which is, you know, that, that translates perfectly into what, what these food based documentaries kind of do. Right. Um, and they sort of make generalizations based on a single study and then, you know, potentially misinform people a little bit. Um, so anyway, but but it had that huge impact, and and so I am even though I was deceived a little bit, if if the criticism is true, and I believe at least it's partially true, partially true, um, I am still happy that it got me to become vegan, which I think is sort of an important point. That if I can know that I watched the truth bent a little bit, but be glad that I did, um, because of kind of what I've learned since then and all the different things that veganism has done for me, that I just didn't even didn't even know it would. Uh, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I think to be thankful that I kind of watched something that was overly dramatized uh, and, and didn't really didn't really admit to being that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I, I think that that's the problem. I you know that's the 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 most powerful part about documentaries is that you can see you you often get a window into a world that you weren't aware of or you didn't really fully understand. Um, and they, you know, the whole point is to kind of expose this to you, right? So in Earthlings, it's the cruelty of animals and, uh, you know, Cowspiracy, it's the environmental impact or, you know, whatever it's, uh, you're, you're kind of opening your eyes to something. They're, they're trying to expose you to something that you probably had never thought of before. Um, and, right. and that's so powerful to watch, you know, cause you, you know, a good documentary will highlight people's stories and, um, transformations or, or, you know, the life of an animal and, and like really show you oftentimes like just really super extreme stories of people who have been transformed or, or whatever, you know, or, or animals that are just, you know, getting kicked around or whatever. Um, but it's so slanted, right? And that's the kind of problem. And that's why it opens itself up to so much criticism because uh, everyone, you know, if, if you're not in that camp, if you don't watch that, and think, wow, this is really powerful. You're gonna just, you're gonna push back so hard because you're like, this is not the way it really is. This is super one sided, or you know, this is just three people's story and not, you know, the millions of other people. Um, and I think that that be, because it opens itself up to so much criticism, then if, unless you come in with wearing the right glasses, you know, unless you watch mm-hmm. it, you know, with the right lens through the right lens, then. Um, then you're going to reject it. Yeah. And I mean, this question is really way, way bigger. I was wondering how we'd fill an episode, but it turns out it is really big because and I, don't, I don't think we should get in. I mean, we can't get into all these different facets, but like, I sort of think most people aren't going to ever watch this, right? Obviously most people aren't going to watch anything, but the person who comes to this is probably already really interested in, changing their diet or or 
being exposed to a vegan diet in the same way like when i watched other things like i did it because i kind of wanted to be exposed to that graphic imagery and what that might do for me i have a feeling a lot of people now i could be wrong maybe there are a bunch of tv watchers who just see that this is the newest thing on netflix and like well i gotta watch that one because it's a new documentary i haven't seen yet i don't know how many people there are, there are who are just kind of curious about anything and just have the the time to just watch a documentary uh maybe there are a lot i kind of assume that anyone watching this film is either really open to the idea of of becoming vegan uh or is totally opposed to it and just wants to watch it so that they can get really mad and hate it right does that you th- i mean i don't know do you think that's that is correct or do you think there are a lot of people who are just in the middle and they're watching this um and they're gonna just take it and weigh what it says and, and then maybe do it. <laughs> well, I think that there are some of that. And I think that that's kind of the, you know, what that article about the, um, the NFL player you're talking about is like uh, most of us who are vegan love to encourage people to watch movies like Forks Over Knives, right? And and be like, hey, you know, you should really watch this. It, it might change your life or it might open you up to some new ideas. Um, right. And in that sense, we kind of drag some people into it that probably wouldn't, that would have passed over it on Netflix, right? And they, you know, maybe they have some kind of curiosity about it and it could start the conversation. It could start them thinking about something. Right. Um, but I think in general, most of the time, it's people who are watching it because, you know, it's just kind of feeding the the vegan community, right? And and making, uh, you know, make, keeping us happy and keeping us feeling more empowered, um, and then also the people who just watch it to hate it. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know. It, it's really hard to, um, <laughs> reach a conclusion here. Like I, I really hate the idea of a bunch of vegans sitting around talking about how great their diet is and there <laughs> being, and there being no voice on the other side to like turn it into an actual discussion. Right, where people say like, well, what you're saying there isn't quite true because you're only citing a single study and that study actually was really narrow and there's a lot of things wrong with it. Right, like you can't say that at the vegan potluck because if you do, people will start to just think you're on the wrong side and they won't like you and it'll turn into this combative thing. Now, maybe that's not fair for me to generalize that. That has been my experience at vegan potluck type things. Right. Um, like like these vegan meetup groups and things like that. So I mean, I think when some I, people are going to listen to this and, and you know, and... and be discouraged that we're discussing that there could be a problem with some of these documentaries at all. Yeah, yeah. sure. Certainly. But if they are, they're not going to be fans of this type and <laughs> podcast for long. Cause really, I mean like we are not into that whole, like, and maybe we are more than we even admit or try to be, but I hope we're not in this, in the category of people who just, you know, take anything that is pro vegan and say it is good because it is pro vegan. No matter what, no matter what it says, what claims it makes, you know, I, I think it's I think it's really important to maintain some bit of of I don't know what journalistic integrity or or I don't know I have a real hard time calling us journalists, Doug, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> some sort of integrity that says like let's actually weigh the facts here and let's see what what you know how 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 much we should be promoting this as the end all be all truth. So anyway, um, so it pains me to say yes these are good for the movement and at the same time admit that a lot of these are for vegans just to sit around and just to sort of validate our choices so we can nod our head yes as we're watching and just get more excited about it do you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah i, can, I, 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 do acknowledge, I do acknowledge they're really good for the movement in in many many ways and reach 
a lot of people who don't yet know about this. I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I think a ton of the power comes from celebrity types who are in, from influencer types who actually do get influenced by a documentary, um, because then I think they have a tremendous power to influence people, and I think that's where a huge amount of this the power is of these things. Individual person to person, like just a, a person coming to this. I don't know. I guess I guess there's a ton of value. It's it's really hard for me to say. Um, I think the very best use for these things would be if someone were to watch it um, and understand that it's like if someone were to make a documentary that was perfectly balanced and the goal was let's get to the bottom of the health question and let's let's come up with a result that is that is the the most we can say scientifically without you know turning it into a one-sided thing um it wouldn't be any good right nobody would really watch that no you one might would have watch a hand- it. they wouldn't get any funding and no one would watch it right you'd have a handful of people who would really appreciate it and i think there are some i know there are some sites on the internet that that is their that's their thing like examine.com they, they try to not take any side they, they don't take any outside advertising and they try really hard to just maintain this integrity uh and i like that and maybe I think they are pretty successful, but I just think in general the documentary market isn't the place to do that. People want to be shocked and awed by documentaries. I think that's that's the point of documentaries for the most part, uh, at least these days. Um, so I think if someone can go into it like acknowledging all that and saying at the end of this documentary I have an increased, in, you know, feeling of inspiration to go vegan, um, or even if it's not that far, at least I'm more curious about this and I'm more open to this now because this documentary has opened my eyes to all these different facts and studies, many of which might be a little bit further, you know, on one side of the spectrum than, than they rightfully should be if it was totally only about getting to the bottom, getting to the truth. Um, and then that person takes that newfound increased interest, inspiration, whatever, and now goes in their own little journey to actually find the truth. And, and, you know, then they go and kind of fact check the documentary and then, then make their own conclusion. And, and it's, you know, there are, like I should have said, there's the site debunking what the hell. So some people who go to fact check it will find that article and they'll decide the whole thing is just made up BS and it's, and it's, it was a waste of their time to even watch it. But I think some people won't. I think some people will find something that's, that's more in the middle and points to some good things. And, and then they, they end up, you know, deciding to give it a try and it works out. But I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think that it doesn't have to be this perfect documentary that talks about both sides to to do that. I mean, I think that um, if the right person watches What the Health or Earthlings or Forks Over Knives or whatever, um, it might spark a little bit of something in them to start doing research or, you know, buy some books and, and... just further the, the the conversation in their you know their internal conversation about whether or not they veganism is is really this fringe thing or whether they could actually do it um or you yeah. know maybe it just encourages them to eat more plants i mean for sure that i have i mean just make i you know i think a lot of people probably watched that and thought i should just start eating more plants plants are good for me yeah i think you're right about that would you would you say based on what we have seen about what the health it seems to me that Forks Over Knives maybe made less controversial, less dramatic claims. Does um, that seem right or not? 
Because Forks Over Knives had its share of, of dramatic, controversial claims. Yeah, I mean, the whole cancer stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are some, there are some things in there that I've, I've seen, you know, intelligently refuted and, and halfway convincingly as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I can definitively say since I haven't watched the, um, What the Health. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think that Forks Over Knives, I, I, I remember a lot of people saying that they watched Forks Over Knives. Um, sure. And not just vegans, but, you know, family members and people who, who watched it who aren't at all vegan. Um, and I haven't heard anyone outside the vegan community, outside of this kind of whole conversation on the Internet, who's watched What the Health yet. Right. But it's only been out a few, a few weeks or months. Yeah, that's true. That's that's right. so. So who knows? But I also want to. This is a little bit of a shift, but I think it's it's along the same lines. We're talking about what happens to the to the person who is positively influenced by one of these films. And when I say positive, I mean to become or, or consider a plant based diet or more plant based diet. When we're asking what's good for the movement and and what isn't, I think we also need to consider the people who who aren't positively influenced by it right like mm. like the re- i remember a long time ago i was i was at a veg fest doing an athlete table and the table next to me the entire time was just talking about how how veganism would cure cancer and basically make you cancer free and you couldn't get cancer if you were went vegan or i think it was even more than that it was if you started a raw food diet you basically couldn't get cancer that was their their assertion and they were telling anyone who came up to the table this I'm probably exaggerating. It probably wasn't that bad. But, you know, th- that was the impression I got from it. And as I was hearing it, I was like, what they are doing is not at all good for this movement. Like, this is just feeding the idea that this is a cult and some group who doesn't care about science and just makes up facts to, to you know, suit their purposes. And those who... Other than the very few who believed that and then who who believed that if they were to eat raw foods, they could never get cancer, like anyone else would walk away from that saying, wow, they're crazy. I don't want to be associated with this whole movement so much, right? And a few of them they'd reach and they would become maybe passionate raw foodists who would, who would one day do the same thing. But but so it's not just like how many people does it influence it's what happens to the people who it doesn't influence and do they do they become vocal anti-vegan advocates mm. and i i kind of have the sense that forks over knives didn't create a lot of anti-vegan advocates like i i just i i showed it to my dad early on like shortly after forks over knives came out and this was this is probably four years before he decided to actually change his diet and become more plant-based in fact he was kind of paleo leaning back then um and he just was sort of not influenced by it. He just watched it and he was like, yeah, hey, it, was, it was okay. Like, saw, like, that was kind of interesting, some of the stuff. But he was clearly not moved by it. Uh, but he wasn't moved the, the wrong way either. He didn't come out of it and say, Matt, like, you're crazy for being vegan. What are you doing associating with these people who just make up facts? He didn't have that opinion. And I was glad for that. Honestly, if, if I would have, if I thought that was a risk, I probably wouldn't have showed him that movie. Right? Right. So. I, I don't want to be unfair to what the health because I haven't, like I said, haven't watched it. Probably should have watched it, and we should maybe we can revisit this once we have. Um, but based on the controversy I've seen and the criticisms I've seen of it, I'd be a little more hesitant to recommend that one to somebody because I I would be a little bit worried about them assuming that I was into the the gotcha journalism stuff and you know was was willing to make statements like an egg is as bad as five cigarettes and that and 
you know, there's no refuting that. Right? Like, I, I don't know. I worry about the people who aren't influenced by that, what, what that makes us look like and, and how, where, what box they then put the whole vegan movement in. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think that's tough. That's a, cause the, the, you know, the most dramatic documentaries are the ones that everyone's talking about, you know? Right. Um, right. and it's those ones that are kind of fair and balanced are the ones that, you know, that aren't going to piss anybody off, but they're also not going to get talked about as much and not going to, um, fire people up on either side nearly right. as much. Right. Um, and I, I, now as we're talking about this, I'm kind of thinking maybe that is what Forks Over Knives did that was amazing, right? Like right. they created this huge movement around that brand and, and influenced and still influence a ton of people to improve their diets, even if those people don't go fully plant-based. Um, and they did it without it seeming like just a, a total like, you know, over-dramatization and, and, you know, spinning science completely wrong. Um, now, certainly some people would say that they did that, that they did spin it completely wrong. And there's plenty of good criticisms of the film that are scientific and point out some some problems. Uh, but I, I just imagine that the most people watching it don't come away with that saying, wow, that is a big, uh, you know, bunch of scare tactics that the vegans are using now. Right. I think I think it right. comes off like pretty, pretty well done. And, and it honestly, like Force of Knives wasn't shockingly dramatic. Right. Like it wasn't Earthlings for sure, where, where you yeah. just can't where you're just stunned and like, don't know what to, what's up, what's up and what's down after that. Like, I don't know. They had some science that I thought was, and some just the way they did the visual graphs and things like that, that was very, very effective in showing, um, some, some staggering findings. And I think, and perhaps slightly, slightly more than it should have been, right? Maybe, maybe they made things look a little more staggering than they should have. Um, but they did that, I think, in in just the right way, where they didn't they didn't go too far with it, and and people, it it didn't do anything it didn't do anything bad for the movement or very little, and it did tons of good for it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I mean that's that's a it's just a tough conversation, and and you know going beyond just documentaries. I mean you know uh, books or podcasts or or protests and and all this stuff. I mean you know the they can do a lot of good and they can do a lot of bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's <laughs> every one of them has the same dynamic happening. Like I, like veg news is a good example. when I see veg news in newsstands and they have really good looking food on the cover and I don't know, they feature a, a new city and, and like, I don't know, San Francisco or whatever, and they point out all the vegetarian and vegan options there and how great it is. Like, I think that is really good for this movement. It just kind of makes this whole thing seem more mainstream and not weird, um, which I think is so, so good and what we need. Uh, but I've seen it in the past, like certain, I don't, and I don't, again, want to like say something that is that is wrong here, so please take everything with a grain of salt. I think at, at one point, five, six years ago, I just was glancing at a veg news, and there was some article, and they had highlighted you know, called out in large text in the article, someone who, a quote like, you know, my my cancer reversed and this and this and this. And I asked my doctor, how is that not proof? Like, because apparently the doctors wouldn't, wouldn't say, so they would say, yes, but this doesn't prove anything. And so like calling that idea out, like, mm -hmm. like, I just think that's, it's so easy to do that. And it's, it's tempting to do that because it's dramatic. 
But like that undermines credibility to me when I see that stuff. Like it's just like, okay, so now we're encouraging people to consider these N equals one trials as proof, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that just to me says, it just makes the movement seem not that, uh, not that bright and not that, <laughs> not that scientific. So, uh, right. and that's not, and that's not veg news. That is every, every source, right? There's always a temptation to make stuff more dramatic because it, it helps. It helps. That's what media, how media works well typically is when things are dramatic. Uh, and they got to balance that, of course, with with this reputation and this journalistic integrity thing. So very, very big, hard question. Indeed. And I don't think we really answered it. <laughs> but I don't it was, either. It was an interesting conversation, though, I think. I mean, I think that this is, uh, this is the kind of thing that vegans, the, the community, I mean, not to toot our own horn here, because I don't mean to do that at all. Um, but I think that these types of conversations are, are really good for the community. Yes, which goes back to what you said earlier, that some people will hear this and not like that we are actually having a discussion about it. In, you know, They would prefer us just to blindly accept that a vegan documentary is good. Mm-hmm. right? And I, I, so, so many people might disagree with what you just said, that these kind of conversations are good for the movement. But I find it very hard to take someone seriously who thinks that having actual attempting to be balanced conversations around your topic that those aren't important for your movement to do right otherwise it just turns into a religion basically right right not there's anything wrong with religion <laughs> or a cult a cult <laughs> okay let's call it a cult yeah there you go um um yeah yeah so before so, we wrap up i think we should uh we should wait hold on oh we got to do an ad yeah <laughs> our own ad though our own ad yes yeah, before we wrap up, I, I I think we should we should thank our uh, we should we should advertise our own sponsor. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. This episode of No Mean Athlete Radio is brought to you by our very own seven day kickstart meal plan, an easy to follow seven day kickstart plan built around the seven healthiest foods you can eat every day. Doug, anyone who has heard me give a talk recently and I've only done it twice, so fairly recently, uh, has heard me talk about this topic, the seven healthiest foods you can eat every single day. Uh, for me, it's kind of the, the most recent stage in my own evolution as a healthy eater. Um, for a while, I was, I was doing the, like, the, well, if I'm, if I'm eating vegan and I'm eating whole foods, then it's fine. But I kind of started to think a little bit more in depth than that and started thinking, what are the very best whole foods I can eat and how can I make sure that I get those every single day? That is where the seven-day kickstart meal plan came from. Uh, it's basically the the seven day sort of rhythm that I follow to, to really ensure that I get these seven healthiest foods. Things like green tea, turmeric, nuts and seeds, beans, and others that you want to include every single day, uh, and to do it kind of automatically so that you don't get to the end of the day and realize you still need to eat flax seeds for dessert. The plan includes recipes, grocery lists, and a meal by meal plan, along with a few bonuses that you have to see for yourself. And the best thing, Doug, is that it's seven days, seven foods, and just seven dollars. You can learn more at nomadathlete.com slash kickstart-plan. All right, Doug. So before we wrap up, I think we need to draw a conclusion. People are, we need, we got a payoff here. The the title we asked, are these documentaries good for the movement? And we both said yes, going into discussion. Do we, do we have a conclusion, an answer that is mm. the same as before? Are they good or not? Forks over knives, what the health, earthlings, all of them. You got to take them all together. Mm-hmm. Good for the movement or not? I am still going to stand by my yes, uh, but I, uh, with the caveat that um, with every documentary, including vegan documentaries, 
we need to, as a movement, be discussing how how they should be used or or how um whether the impact is good or not i mean i think that we can't we can't say that every vegan documentary is is good for the movement but i will say that as a whole yes they are good yes i i am agreeing with you doug i think uh i think it's unfortunate that our that the forces in media and the things that we are drawn to kind of push things in the direction of one side or the other rather than kind of trying to get to the bottom and, and really find the, the truth, even if it's not so exciting. Um, but it's going to happen on the other side. It does happen on the other side. So first of all, that's one thing. If we did, if it wasn't on our side, then I think that would, we'd be missing an opportunity. And then that, you know, therefore kind of implies that, yes, I think they are an important part of the movement. Um, like, like we've said over and over, there's lots of stuff where you can, you can go too far with it, or if you just take it all as 100% truth, then you're gonna you're gonna be misinformed. But uh, I think I think they just the this particular medium is really effective. It seems for getting people to uh, to make actual changes in their lives, not just diet, but others as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think because of that, it's uh, it's a pretty good thing. Agreed. Yeah, and it's a more impactful medium than video. Just seems to be so much more impactful than audio or or books and and i think it's important um so yeah i think we're in agreement let's do it let's definitively say yes okay the answer is yes they're good (laughs) (laughs) okay um all right what else do we got doug i birdie told me that we have a downward facing doug segment to do yeah you know and now i'm kind of i'm questioning whether it's a good one to do or not but um it's not what the hell is it it's no, it's not about what the hell. <laughs> okay. It was about Chipotle. I don't, did you see me call out Chipotle on Twitter? No, I didn't. I do love when you call out brands on Twitter. <laughs> Throw your weight around. Yep, yep. Okay, what do you got? I was uh, on our way down to the beach. Stopped at a Chipotle. Yum. Great meal. Wait, this isn't going to be you complaining about bad service or something, is it? No, just, it's, it's going to be... a personal <laughs> problem. Well, I mean... <laughs> So it's about I don't know maybe we should cut this out. It's about <laughs> it's about the lack of um of changing tables, changing diaper changing tables in bathrooms. <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> I can tell the story or I cannot tell the story, but either way, I thought uh, I was disappointed, and then so I called Chipotle out on it, and they said they're trying to retrofit their their bathrooms. And I'm thinking. Changing tables are not a new thing that you have to retrofit. <laughs> That's true. But anyway. Yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> is it? I don't know. It sounds like you're abusing the downward facing Doug segment, Doug. It's just a time for me to complain about. It's just your chance to complain about things that, that have impact your particular stage of life. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're right. <laughs> But I'm glad we're doing them. I think they're entertaining for that reason. Well, I'll work harder on, on my downward facing dog. I did kind of put you on the spot with that one. I mean, yeah, you at did. The beginning of the episode, I said, "Come up with one." So, <laughs> all right. So, not not bad given the time constraints. <laughs> okay, right. good. Well, then I hope people enjoyed our discussion, and uh, I hope people will go watch some vegan documentaries, but take them with a grain of salt. That's right. And uh, let us know which ones 
impacted you the most? I, you know, I, if there's someone listening out here who watched a vegan documentary and had never considered a vegan diet, I want to hear from them. And then that was what, that was what trans, you know, sparked right. their, them to right. go vegetarian or vegan. I would, I would love to hear about that and what documentary it was. I'm, I have no doubt there will be a bunch of them, right? There will be, I've, I've met many people on, on the vegan cruise who, who watched Forks Over Dives and that was it. And I don't know how they got to watching it. Actually, I should ask them that. How did they get around to actually watching it? Um, the problem, though, Doug, as we as we sort of alluded to, is we'll hear from the people who who got totally on board because of the documentaries. We won't hear from the people who went totally anti-vegan and would never subscribe to Nomad Athlete Radio mm. documentaries. If so any we, of those people are listening right now, I'd love to hear from them, too. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Maybe somebody just has that much time to listen to things they don't like but (laughs) just so they can get pissed off and (laughs) i think people like getting pissed off nowadays i just think that's part of the culture yeah yeah well people people like reading articles i mean that you know that whole thing that like what you're talking about how we how the dr dog or z dog z dog md you know how it was (laughs) it was you were seeing a bunch of vegans sharing it around it wasn't non-vegans right saying saying i didn't i didn't see one that did not reach me from one pro d-dog person they're, they're right. just it, the, the, and the people who are against it share it and yeah. spread it around ah what are you gonna do that's that's why you should get rid of the internet get and, rid of the internet don't say that that's my conclusion <laughs> it's a terrible idea man <laughs> i don't know i'm just kind of i'm just leaning in that direction <laughs> okay <laughs> well maybe maybe um we should talk about your business here <laughs> maybe all right hey that actually reminds me doug plant-based business week is uh starts tuesday after tuesday september 12th which is only five days from now and i and 29 other plant-based entrepreneurs were interviewed um and i can even find really quickly the article no you know what doug we'll make a we'll make a uh a link that will go to it okay if you you know me nothing.com slash biz b-i-z then uh that will that will send you on to plant-based business week which is something that my my partner in uh light drop which is the company that makes complement uh our supplement that uh, he, he's putting on with another few people and it's a really good thing i did an interview for it and uh, if you're interested in, in kind of like doing you know building your career or building a business or brand or something in the plant-based space then uh, you should totally go watch these they're free to live stream the interviews and they start next tuesday september 12th including one from me which i think comes a week later nomi.com slash biz i am excited to check that out i'm excited to listen to these interviews good okay good so a little bonus ad we threw in there didn't even didn't even plan to it but you remember that was that was pretty good considering uh we were following up that terrible down facing doug <laughs> okay well thanks for listening everyone we will talk to you next week all right bye-bye